You're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your host, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Not anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Welcome back to another episode of Casual Swinger. I'm your co-host, Mallory. And my name's Mickey. And I believe this is the last one of season three. That's it. Season finale. It's over. We're out. Fuck it. We're done. Yeah, we finally made it after all of the trials and tribulations and delays and whatnot. Yeah, we, we did we finally did two it. breaks I know. I feel season. Like it's a, season three took like two years. <laughs> season three, <laughs> the long version. Yeah, the, that totally happened. The Zack Snyder cut? <laughs> Snyder cut. There you go. That's what, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm the geek here. You're not allowed to drop geek jokes. Hey, you got to pick up a thing or two. I'm, I mean, I'm you got really, a little geek in you. I do. Probably from last night. Actually, but. he was a medium to larger size. No. Thick. He was a little thick. Anyway. Oh, was he? Wait a minute. <laughs> that's good. different. We're, we're talking about something else right now. <laughs> Are you talking about your uh, week yeah. last week? Is that what that is? Yeah, we got a, yeah, got a good start to my slutty summer. Oh, did yeah, you know? Yeah, off to a good start. Yes. All right. So not quite a little geek. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. Fun geek? Very fun. Okay. You like this one? I do. Are you going to keep him? Yes. It's my favorite ball of yarn right now. Oh, boy. All right. We'll get to that at some other point. Maybe we'll talk about it. Let's kind of talk about what's been going on. Yeah, we're back in the saddle. We are here for the season finale. That is episode 22 of season three of Casual Swinger. We are going to jump right back into season four, so don't worry, folks. We're not going to take our requisite you know, month off break because we did that twice. But we are mostly on time if Mallory hadn't been a little sick yes. yesterday. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, we were close. But uh, what else is going on? Anything interesting? Um, You know, you've been spending a lot of time shipping Uber Lube and condoms lately. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like every day, which I it's, love it. Don't get me wrong. No, I love it too. I think it's great. I mean, they're, they're really wonderful products. And I'm so touched that we have this much support from the community. But what's great is people that aren't associated with the community are starting to get word and using these products. And I think that's great because I know it's going to improve their sex life. But it's also funny to see orders come in, I don't know, for like 20 packs of condoms. Oh, that <laughs> happened. That was our largest <laughs> condom order ever. And the best part was the people that ordered it were the same people that ordered the previous largest condom order ever. I keep saying, whatever the fuck they're doing that weekend, we need to show up. But at least watch. You I want to see what's happening. I just want to know how the hell you go through that many packs of condoms unless you were throwing like one monster party. And how did we not get it in? I know. Yes, we're talking to you too. JNL, you know who you are. And so much so because... That's we've gotten multiple orders that were more than ten. So you created a new discount code, didn't I you? I did. It's called Unique. That's the coupon code. Oh, sorry. So. Did I just do it again? No, it's okay. all right. I didn't steal your thunder. No, you're Good. fine. Yeah, you can steal the thunder you want. You're running this shit. I'm just here. But no, the uh, coupon code is Unique. And if you buy ten packs of Unique condoms or more, you get a ten percent discount. That's the only way to get a discount on Uniques or to buy the size sampler. If you put one of each in your cart, so one secure fit. One pull, one plus, one double XL, you'll get 10% off as well. And that's off of only four packs. But that's so that's the only ways you can get a discount on Uniques. Yeah. So because honestly, 
we don't make a lot of money on those. No, we don't. We just love them. Yeah, they're we, we buy them because we use them. Not as much as Mallory does, but we. Hey, use them. what? Don't be judgy. All right. Sorry, just throwing out some shame. It's what I do. No, I have no shame in my game this summer. Mm-mm. Yeah. So hey, what are we doing this weekend? Because we're leaving here in like two days. <gasps> we're going to Iowa. No one's shocked by that. No, but they may be shocked at how excited. <laughs> no, no, no one's shocked by that either. No. Nobody's shocked. No. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to go see Justin Jarek and celebrate the 4th and have some fireworks of our own. I'm going to bang. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So slutty summer continues. Mallory's going to Iowa and Derek is put on notice. It's coming. She's coming for you there, big daddy. Ding. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Ding will probably make an appearance while we're out there. I love it. That is another thing. Oh, By the way, guys, we still have a couple of rooms. If you guys want to come and see what this shit show looks like in person, we have one more trip with Rachel's Rascals. This is going to be our last one for a while. We're going to dial back and do some different stuff with you guys. But in November, that is coming up. It is with Rachel's Rascals. If you want to check it out, go to www.rachelsrascals, R-A-C-H-A-L-S, rascals.com. That's rachelsrascals.com. For trip to Hedonism 2, we're going to be there for 10 days in November be the last one for a while so if you've never been with us and you want to see what the hell that looks like make sure to join us yeah please do it'll we don't be have a lot of rooms left no we don't we're almost sold out um in our block um there are two weeks that they're doing so ours is the 13th through the 20th i believe yes that is correct so they definitely will be the week before us yeah. so if you have any questions go to casualswinger.com tra- slash travel with us shoot us a message and we'll get you in touch with the right folks that is how that works too now hey something else coming up that we're not going to be a part of is pcap encore i know kate's like fuck these guys they're no longer allowed to come yeah we're not welcome no, just kidding um unfortunately it just doesn't work with our schedule because it bumps up right against our keto trip and as much as i'd love to take all the pto in the world my boss said no fuck that you won't be employed so we kind of need our jobs i do i mean it pays for all the swingers i know yeah in this thing. podcast yes that's true because we don't make any money and our condoms because <laughs> we the condoms aren't cheap yeah 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 well it's okay it could be worse but hey you know what i'm actually kind of excited about this because we are actually going to St. Augustine right when we get back. The very next weekend we get back. I know from we're so lucky. Iowa. We're so lucky. I'm excited. Yeah, I got us tickets to Jamie Johnson and Whiskey Myers. So uh, we're gonna be hanging out with two very wonderful couples that are local, semi-local here um, to us, and, and heading up to Augie for the weekend. Yeah, we can actually call these these guys. Slightly, out yeah, it's yeah. slightly sophisticated and a one three mischief. That's correct. Yeah. So they're two of our favorite couples anywhere in Central Florida. And we get to hang out with them together. They're all sexy as fuck. They're yeah. fun as hell to hang out with. We've done a bunch of stuff with these guys in the past. So this is going to be kind of, it's kind of the same feeling I get when we hang out with other content creators because they're people that just get it. You know, they're parents, they're professionals. Yeah. So we always have a lot to talk about, but we don't, and and this is nothing against being Mickey and Mallory, but we don't have to be Mickey and Mallory that weekend. Actually, we just kind of get to be Well, and Mickey us. and Mallory are are us right yeah but they're a a part of us right they're not all of us because we're very unique and complicated human beings with a vast you know interest in many other things aside from singing i am not i Um, am simple i have sex i eat i sleep that's it very i'm like i'm an inch wide and inch deep (laughs) whatever you just never mind very basic Never mind. I'm right. moving on. No, I enjoy spending time with him, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I do too. And it's not, like I said, you know, like you said, rather, that there's nothing wrong with being Mickey and Mallory. It's just, it kind of, like, one of the things that happens to you as a podcaster, and those of you that are listening that are podcasters know how this feels, but it's, you meet somebody new, and they have listened to your show, and they go, hey, remember that time when you, and it's just, that doesn't happen, right, when you're hanging out with people that just kind of know you for you. 
So. Yeah, that's true. And not that I mind that. I think it's so flattering. It's, oh, it's so, so flattering. wonderful. But it is funny when I catch myself telling a story we told on the podcast. Huh? Like, yeah, we heard that already. Yeah, we, like, we've heard that story. Shit. Tell us something new. Uh, shit, that's embarrassing. Like, we don't have anything else. We oh, talked to you guys for 66 hours already. <laughs> so Especially like the first 12 months of quarantine. We're like, we haven't done anything. Right. We have nothing to we talk suck. about. Let me tell you, I reorganized my bookshelf. It was so exciting. I know. I started yoga and then stopped the same day. Yeah, well, that's when I put your legs up over your head. Was that what you were talking it's about? It's not yoga. Oh, I, it felt like yoga. No. No. <laughs> Stretching and farting? No. That's what I call yoga. But anyways, we're also looking to get away for like a weekend, aren't we? Because we haven't really done that, just you and I. No. So. Well, actually, weren't we talking about renting a room like that Friday night? Actually, I think I already did. Uh, and that's, Wait, uh, what? Yeah, so so when we're going up, we're going up a day early. Oh, yeah. And we're going to stay right. at the, Sign- the Marriott Signature Hotel right there in downtown St. Augustine oh, yeah. and take some cool pictures for oh. you guys. Oh, yeah, we're going to dress Mickey up this time, and I'm going to be behind the camera. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about seeing me. <laughs> Nobody wants to see pictures of me. It's all you. Come on, we'll do bu- boudoir style. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. They'll be like, and let's go back to pictures of Mallory. <laughs> no. Well, okay. anyway, what's this episode about? Why, what are, why are we here? Because we're just kind of waxing poetically, and we uh, have somebody whores. in studio. It's about whores. I love whores. Whores are amazing. Can we get make, some more whores make, in the Castle Sugar Studio? Making hormones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> making whores. How do you make a hormone? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm saving that for later. Oh, okay. I, I promised our guests that I'd tell some cheesy jokes. You have cheesy jokes for I our do. guests? I do. Okay. I didn't even we'll have to write them later. down. I just know them. Oh, off the top of your head even. Yes. So this, right. this episode's about hormone wellness. Hormonal wellness. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And so, which means we have a special guest for you. Our guest is right here in the Casual Swinger Studios in sunny Orlando, Florida. He's to my left right now. I'm going to introduce him when we come back. But his name is Dr. Phillips, and he is an established and well-regarded doctor in this space that I think you guys are going to get a lot of information out of. We're going to talk about just kind of how underdiagnosed hormonal wellness is, right? I mean, your hormones control so many things in your body. That's true, and I don't. Maybe it's not just underdiagnosed. I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think we're just we aren't aware. Self awareness is a big part of your your overall care, right? Your overall wellness as an individual. You're responsible. It's not just your doctor's responsibility. It's your responsibility to communicate the things and changes in your life. And we, especially in my experience, weren't aware that hey, that this is something that we could manage or improve upon. It's not just a fact of life you have to deal with. Yeah, it's and I mean part of it. I think a lot of the things that we call getting old, like maybe it's it's have your pains or your sleep schedule or just your general how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. We we're just like, oh god, I'm getting old. I I can't remember how many times I've said it, but yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, and I yeah, think- I'm still getting old, but that doesn't mean I have to feel old in the process, right? And think about the psychology behind it. Our grandparents did it. Our parents did it. So we just see, maybe subconsciously we see it as a rite of passage. Yeah, they're fucking dead. So and they clearly it, got and old. It's fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, there's no doubt about it's it. Not fun. No, but you know, I I was gonna take this opportunity, and this is you know we're gonna have some fun with Dr. Phillips today, but I need you guys to know how I got here. Because this isn't just an episode about getting laid or improving your sex life or anti-aging. Uh, I was at a point in, in my life, so we're going to take a quick second here for you guys and kind of tell you how this happened. Uh, there was a, I had a car accident a few years back that some of you know about, and it fucked me up pretty good. Uh, I was not okay, and I went through a really nasty depression after that car accident, and this is just before Casual Swinger happened. And... I thought that was just me. I thought that I was just depressed. I thought I was, that, they, you know, it was just one of those things and maybe I needed to go see a doctor and get on drugs like so many people do. But I wasn't sleeping. 
my my physical health was declining. I was gaining weight in weird ways. I felt I felt listless and but lethargic at the same time. Uh, there were so many things about how I felt that were so fucked up, and you dealt with it. I mean, you were you were a champ dealing with it because I was awful. Well, I mean, it was scary because you you didn't know your ass from your elbows. No. Most days. And it was very, very frustrating for you. And I, I felt for you and everyone that we saw individually really just wanted to hand you a Band-Aid and had nothing to help. They wanted to give me help, drugs. Help you. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the drugs or, or physical therapy. And physical therapy can take you so far, but it doesn't, it doesn't always treat exactly what was going on with you. No, it, it really didn't. But the reason I'm telling you guys this is not for any kind of sympathy or anything, or and certainly not to be no. a, a shill or an advertisement for, for this type of therapy. But what I can tell you is everything changed. And I mean literally everything changed in my life when I met Dr. Phillips and started, in, and started going through hormone therapy. What he realized after he did the blood work, he talked to me, uh, which is what he does, right? He talks to you first. He treats patients, not numbers. So one of the things that happened when I met him was, you know, he said I had some of the lowest testosterone numbers he'd ever seen, uh, and which is not just aging, right? That was clearly something from the accident had screwed up my ability to produce testosterone uh, because for a person of my age, it was really low. Mm -hmm. And it had never been that way. I've been with the horniest dudes on the planet forever, but I mean, my interest in sex had gone away and my ability to sleep. I mean, I went days without sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, five, six days, sometimes like scary territory. Yeah. yeah, and all of this changed. And what I'm telling you guys is, as fucked up as I was, it all changed when we started getting my hormones right. So what we're going to do, we talk to Dr. Phillips here in a little bit, is talk about what hormones do in your body and what sort of changes and also what sort of fairly common maladies and conditions that proper hormonal wellness can avoid. Things that we're actually taking meds for that you don't have to if your hormones are in the right place because you never have the fucking problem in the first place. Amen. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I think it's important that you guys pay attention to this. This is one of those casual swinger episodes that's going to fall a little harder on the edgy of the edutainment side of the scale, even uh -oh. though we're going to try and have some fun. They're going to get learned. We're going to learn you in the uh, season finale here today. So we're going to come back here in just a couple of minutes after Mallory tells you guys how to find us with Dr. Phillips. Mallory, beautiful. Hi. Hi. Why don't you tell My folks turn? where to find us? Do All right. Thing. Yeah, we are Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at casualswinger.com. Have a question, want to reach out? Podcast at casualswinger.com is our email address. Love us? Want to say something nice about us? Go to iTunes. Feel free to leave us a review there. If you don't like us, uh, sorry. We are also on <laughs> social media. You look sorry. <laughs> Uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, you can also find us on the dating sites. You want to check out our profile. Um, that is uh, Double Date Nation, Cassidy, SDC, and SLS. Holy moly, that's a big old long list. And you know what? Nobody's left us an Apple review in a long time, so we haven't pissed anybody off, and we haven't made anybody happy. It's uh, like we're right in the middle. Oh, are people indifferent towards us? Because that's conflicting. Maybe that's what, maybe we should just say something really offensive and see if yeah. somebody... I mean, a I did that once. Ass butt. No, that, that's not offensive. That's weird. <laughs> I just finished Supernatural, so oh, that's okay. just you stuck in my head. Any, any Supernatural fans out there will totally get that. All right, we're out of here for a minute. We'll be right back with the amazing Dr. Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Hormones, the season finale of season three of Casual Swinger. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome back to Casual Swinger. I'm still Mickey. And I'm Mallory. But we've got one extra person here in the beautiful Casual Swinger Studios in sunny Orlando, Florida for once this fucking month. Dr. Phillips, how you doing today? I'm doing terrific. Enjoying every day that goes by and just happy that 8mm kidney stone passed last week because uh, now I'm back in the game 100%. Well, wait a minute. Doctors don't get sick. (laughs) <laughs> like no, no, that, that's bullshit. So what happened? Yeah. Like, they, they do. Maybe some tend to ignore it more than others, but you know, time to take care of these things when they arise. So. Yeah. Okay, so you, I'm you're glad smart you enough sur- to do that. You, I'm yeah. glad you survived. That's that's pretty impressive. Eight millimeters. Woo. Yeah, that is no joke. But you're actually in studio, which is really cool. We appreciate you coming out to what people call the casual swinger compound, but we happen to know is a small hovel that you know just just big enough for me, Mallory, and a couple of dogs. There were some pretty big and scary dogs I might have. <laughs> I won't even come into your house until you come to the door. There's just, do not enter. And I don't care if they know me, smell me, whatever. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of your, of your dogs. And, and they have three of them, and they're all scary. They're so sweet. They're just big babies. It's basically Cerberus with three assholes. But I, I'll tell you what, I, I never feel unsafe when I'm home alone, ever. <laughs> I don't blame you. Just yeah. everybody who walks through the door does. Yeah, right? <laughs> We do have three Rottweilers. The casual dog is actually three dogs. Yeah. And they're not those little tiny Rottweilers, by the way. They're like the big head, big body ones that yeah. you look at and you don't really think about petting them and reaching your hand out. Yeah, they look. all three of them look like they need saddles. This yeah. is this is true. They're nice otherwise, but I just make sure Mickey's standing next to me when I pet the dog. There you go. Well, let's get this started. Um, so first of all, this isn't the first time you've uh, been on our show. We actually uh, had you join us with Dr. Nicole Eisenbrown um, for the episode called The Sick Dick Docs. And that's where we kind of like tease that we do this episode. So since we've talked to you, how have things been? Uh, everything's been great. I've been doing a lot of consults lately. I enjoy very much what I'm doing. I do uh, see that this changes a lot of people's lives. I don't want to make promises for everybody, but we'll get right. to that later. And I'm really excited to hear the stories from the patients like Mickey, who had a life-changing experience from it, because there is things that your body needs, and when we don't have them, we do have to replace them. Yeah, no, that's a fact. I I think what he's talking about, and we actually haven't talked about it on the show, uh, but during the Sick Dick Docs episode, we talked about erectile health being the canary in the coal mine for cardiovascular health. Yeah. And I got a message three weeks after that episode from a listener who had gone to see their cardiologist. Uh, and it, this fucked me up, actually. This messed me up for a while. Uh, he went to see his cardiologist because he'd been on Viagra from his family doctor for seven years and never gone to see a cardiologist for the actual issue that he was having. And he was having a, a true dysfunction issue, not a swinger insurance issue, not a I'd like my dick to work better uh, which is where we all are. I think everybody wants their dick to be a magic wand. But at the end of the day, uh, he went to the cardiologist and he had three completely blocked arteries and one that was, uh, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a significant obstruction to the point where he was dazed from a cardiac arrest. And because he listened to this show that we did with you guys and Dr. Eisenbrown, uh, he's alive. Yeah. What are the chances, right? It's an amazing thing. And when we talk about that later with erectile dysfunction, just for the people who might not have listened to that podcast, you know, that may be the very first sign of cardiovascular disease because the vessel is smaller. And so if you have that, even though there's many other reasons, you know, you should get that at least checked or address that with your doctor. Because here's one example where someone just heard that for the first time and it made a life, they're alive today because of that. Yeah, very much so. I definitely think that while there's many reasons people have erectile dysfunction, 
and we'll go through those later. Uh, don't ignore it. Don't just say, hey, listen, I'm having a problem. Let me just make it better. Let's always look for the root cause of problems rather than just treating symptoms. I love that. I love that approach. You know, I'm also a patient and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that um, from that perspective. Um, before I hand you over to Mickey real quick, let's let's have the listeners get to know you again or get to know you a little bit. So can tell me about your uh, credentials. Where'd you go to school? How long have you been practicing medicine? All that good stuff. So I've been practicing over 25 years now. I went to Nova Southeastern, um, family practice board certified. I did do mostly urgent care in my career. And then probably about five to seven years ago, I started getting more into the wellness realm because I kept seeing patients when I used to be on three medicines when I started urgent care. And then there were like five and then there were seven and then there was 12. And I just watched people's lists grow. And they were also all the patients I saw in urgent care. And to me, that's not a healthy person who's also on all those medicines. Why are they so sick? And when we go to a medical school, every single doctor has the same thought in mind. How do you prevent disease. We, 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 our goal is prevention. But then you get to medical school and all they do is, how do you treat things? I took my boards a few years ago and almost every question was, what do you use to treat blank? Everything was pharma, 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 pharma. And you know, it's interesting. There's not even pharma reps that even come into your center anymore. They've already brainwashed all the doctors into writing prescriptions for everything. They don't need them anymore. And as, as, and you know, it's not always the doctor's fault. You know, patients have to take accountability like Mallory said, but what happens is, is that you get on so many medicines, they create all these other problems and they're never really getting to the reason you don't feel good in the first place. It's always the Band-Aid approach. And so I got tired of looking at all these medicines and rather than complain about, you know, hey, why are you on this and, and not doing something about it? I'm the type of person who doesn't complain. I'd rather just do something about it. And I started stun, uh, studying functional medicine. Nice. Well, and I think we've come a long way, right? One of my favorite movies is a movie called A Million Ways to Die in the West. And of course it is. I just I literally just watched that last night. No joke. I don't know. That's very random, but I literally watched it last night. It was hilarious. There is it is an utterly hilarious movie. Everything it's about random. that movie is hilarious. Uh, but, you know, the doctor in that movie is treating a patient by having a blue jay peck at his wound or something. Right. I mean, just like the doctors basically killed you in the 1800s in the West. And we've gone from that, which because that was a parody of something that was actually real. Right. I mean, putting maggots on wounds and, and, ha and treating it with these kind of crazy treatments to today. Everything's pharma, 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 pharma. So uh, you kind of covered, you know, how you got here in terms of wellness. But I mean, it, what is wellness? Is it anti-aging? Is it disease prevention? Is it a cure to something that ails you? What is wellness if you had to put kind of a fine point on it? Yeah, wellness is, is teaching lifestyle modifications like what you should eat, what you shouldn't do, avoiding certain things. And a lot of the information that's out there, unfortunately, is presented by big pharma. So they'll tell you, don't do this, don't do that. And it actually creates some problems. But wellness is really the prevention of disease. What I'm, I would be labeled at is more functional medicine. Functional medicine is actually looking at the body of the whole, as a whole and trying to get to the root cause of the problem rather than just treating symptoms versus integrative medicine, which does that, but also uses some pharmaceuticals. Before I sound like I'm totally anti-pharmaceutical, maybe for the most part I am, but some people have diseases and you're not going to reverse them or the damage is done. And, and, and pharmaceuticals can be life-saving. Um, if you have diabetes that's uncontrolled, it's not going to go away in a day. So you need to treat that so you don't get the adverse outcomes. But I, I do believe in pharmaceuticals. My son has Crohn's disease. Uh, that's very personal to me. And he has to take a pharmaceutical for it. And it saved his life. So 
I'm not anti-pharmaceuticals. I am anti-pharmaceuticals for the prevention of disease. I'm okay for the treatment of disease. And in urgent care, that was satisfying for me, and I still do urgent care. And I like it because you sometimes need to use those to get somebody better and keep them out of the hospital and whatnot. But I feel it should be more of a temporary use than, hey, you know, and I'm not going to go into a cholesterol diatribe, but here, take this cholesterol medicine because your cholesterol number is what we're treating here. That leads to a whole host of other things. So I, I think that pharmaceuticals have their place, but I don't, ha I don't think they have the um, – they're a substitute for looking to cure the problem at hand. I think they're a patch treatment at most. Right on. So let's dig into like the the hormones a little bit here. So you're obviously a big proponent of wellness uh, through both vitamin and hormone management. So why is that? What is why is that better than <laughs> I hate to say this sucking from the proverbial teat of big pharma and stuffing like that into our collective mouths on a daily basis. So why why vitamins and why hormones? Yeah, you know, I look at, at, at wellness as three foundations of health. There's vitamins. Every cellular reaction in your body needs vitamins. If you don't have them, something's going to suffer at some point. You know, you don't just put gas in your car. You put oil in your car. You need windshield wiper fluid if it's raining. There's a whole bunch of things that you need. So like the human body, you need vitamins for every reaction. So if you're missing something, something's going to suffer. A, you know, a healthy gut's important because that's where your neurotransmitters like serotonin are made. It's how you absorb your vitamins, and it's also pretty much the cause of all autoimmune disease. So a healthy gut is the other foundation. And hormones, which you have two types. You have your metabolism hormones, thyroid, as you might have heard, mm -hmm. and then you have your sex hormones, which is the testosterone and other things that we'll talk about today. And those are the foundations of health. And, and I look at them as all equal because you can't really say, oh, well, if you can only do one sort of thing, like if you could only do hormones, it doesn't replace that because – just back to the car analogy, you need everything to make it run perfectly. And I, and I look at those three as the foundation of health. And if you have all those optimal and you're not feeling good, something else is going on. But that's the root that you need to have. And when I kind of thought about putting this together and, and begged you to come join us on the show, because I do recognize what a big deal this is, I kind of thought about it strictly from the hormonal aspect. And that's not all you do with me. I mean, you feed me vitamins on the regular as well. So... Hormones, vitamins, it's all kind of a big deal. What sort of issues come from hormonal imbalances? What kind of things occur in people that have these imbalances that don't get them checked and don't address these at an early stage? Yeah. Well, if things like your vessels or your brain aren't healthy, obviously you're aging. And I don't want to claim anti-aging. Maybe you age better or slower, sure. so to speak. You know, you've all seen a 70-year-old that looked like they're 50 and acted like it. And you've seen a 70-year-old that looks like they're 90. And, you know, part of that is hormones. Part of that is the lifestyle. And, you know, there is a part that's genetics as well. But, you know, hormones, um, you know, I'm going to be careful on some of the stuff I say in the podcast because there's plenty of studies out there that prove the right. And then there's always something synthetic from Big Pharma that shows, shows the wrong. Sure. And most of the problems people hear about when you're dealing with sex hormones in particular or testosterone and estrogen actually come from the synthetics because your body does not recognize them the same way they deem them close enough to, or maybe it'll work, or maybe your liver processes it, and then it'll work, you know, then it'll recognize it. And that creates a whole bunch of problems. And I think we'll get in, into some of those. But, uh, you know, just to clarify, when I talk about hormones, we're referring to bioidentical hormones. And bioidentical hormones are, your body doesn't know it didn't make it, it looks exactly the same as if you produced it yourself. They are made from yams, and no, you can't eat a bunch of yams and get the same amount of like testosterone or whatever. But your body says, you know, hey, where you been? Or, hey, I'm happy to have more. It knows what to do with that hormone. When you're dealing with synthetics, 
Unfortunately, for big pharma, you can't put a patent on nature. So they cannot have a pharmaceutical that they do a study on that's specific to that pharmaceutical company that they can charge an arm and a leg. And maybe it only killed a few people, but they still get it passed. And, you know, so synthetics are really what the problem are because your body has never reacted to your own hormones. Maybe if you have too much of them in unbalance, maybe, but we'll talk about that. But I think that, you know, bio, when we're talking about this, we're referring to bioidentical. Well, so obviously it's a little scary, the things that, that can come out of this. And you kind of started talking about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I want to ask a question that's kind of related to this because as we after we did the Dick Docs episode, I did talk to a lot of people that were undergoing different types of therapies. And if you go to your regular doctor, you go to your regular doctor, they can treat you for hormone or hormone imbalances or or rather a, a lack of presence of hormone, but they don't treat you with bioidenticals. They treat you with a synthetic hormone. Uh, in females, that estrogen comes from horse piss, I believe. Yeah, Premarin, pre-mare, like mare horse, or urine. Right. So oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. What's you're not a horse? Why do you need horse urine? You know. Yeah. So uh, our bioidenticals. You said they they're you know made with yams, but what's the difference here? I mean, what are we really talking about? Uh, it's it's, it's from a natural substance that, that they're making. It is made in a lab, but it's from a natural, you know, something that exists in nature. It's not synthetic, which is purely man-made. Mm -hmm. Or you'll get testosterone, and it's combined with something like cypionate. These are the parts that cause all the problems. Um, what are some of those problems? Because that's really what I want people to hear. What risks are you mitigating by going with a bioidentical pathway versus, you know, what could be a synthetic pathway, which is what your doctor's characteristically offering you. And this is the same doctor that's giving, that's giving you big pharma's teeth to suck along as well. First so, of all, you're even lucky enough if your doctor checks for your hormones. And I will tell you 99.9% .9 of doctors don't even check the right thyroid hormones. And I know those aren't the sex hormones, but they, they are just not trained that way. And they're trained like, let's say thyroid, because I think it's a good example to write synthroid, synthetic thyroid, which doesn't even have the active hormone T3 in it. It's only T4. And so you're trained one way or you're, you're taught to order a lab one way and you're treating that lab result, whereas your patient sitting in front of you telling things that are very obvious that they either have hypothyroidism or subclinical hypothyroidism. And all of a sudden they're like, well, your labs are normal, so there's nothing to treat there. They're, they're, they have synthetics that work with certain labs and that's the way it works in, in, in the traditional medicine world. And, and you know, to get to your point, I think it's important, first of all, that you even get your hormones checked. They don't have the time or knowledge base, maybe, and not all of them, but I speak for most, to, to do a bioidentical hormone treatment um, because there is either a procedure involved, but at the very least, they should know how to write a bioidentical cream, and I will get to the, the creams in a, in a moment. I think that there's a lot to be said to the question you asked earlier, that if you're missing your hormones, you ask what things are going to happen. So you know, cardiovascular disease and Alzheimer's and certain cancers and how your vascular system is, um, osteoporosis, all of these things have a hormone balance associated with them. So when you replace them, you don't get it. Now, some things you can reverse a little after the fact, but the whole point is not to wait until you have everything and then try to re reverse the damage that is done because that's not always possible. Right. So, you know, I, I don't want to read off a list that's saying, oh, this is going to cure cardiovascular disease. This is going <laughs> to cure heart attack. This is going to treat Alzheimer's. But, but, but in essence, you'll find studies that show that they do. But if you make the claim on it and you haven't done a study on that specific testosterone and spent a gajillion billion dollars like Big Pharma can do, you can't really tout this as being like, you're going to get that. Mm -hmm. Many people will. A few, maybe a non-responder won't. But at the end of the day, I can tell you from my experience of, 
thousands of pellets and people, what it's done for their lives, what it's done for their labs. I have a great story. I'll share it. It's a quick one. But I have a diabetic that came in, and I'm not making the claim this cures diabetes, but I have a diabetic who came in. His sugar was in the upper 300s, which is very close oh, to being hospitalized. Bad. Yeah. His A1C was uh, almost 12. And in three months, with no medicines, now I had to write him a medicine for that, but he couldn't tolerate it. But So with no medicines, I wrote him one supplement, thyroid hormone, testosterone, and I give him credit because he ate better. His diabetes was gone. No in shit. three months. And I sent that to the endocrinologist, almost like, have you ever seen that happen before? That's how much, you know, testosterone can play a role just in of itself. And in particular, that would be the, the strongest of the things that I mentioned in getting this guy back in, into health. Well, I know Mallory's chomping at the bit, but I just have one quick thing that I want to throw in here. All right, go for my it. Don't let me forget used, my question. I won't. My grandmother used to say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is that what hormonal therapy yeah, probably is? probably 10 pounds of cure. <laughs> so, sorry, Mel. Yeah, so when uh, the first time we talked about hormones and I left your office, the you you mentioned anti-aging and don't want to make any any claims. And I don't think you are at all whatsoever. But the analogy that sits off in my head is like a domino effect. You ever seen those intricate uh, videos where they set up all these little like um, almost like mousetrap, yes. but on a very large scale? I think what you're doing is slowing down that domino effect to the best of your ability because – I mean, your body's going to age. You're trying to remove the ball that starts it all. It's kind of the point. I mean, you can stop any of those from happening. Just stick your hand in front of one of the things, and it's not going (laughs) to go any further, right? Right. But the goal is is not to is not to start the domino effect of happening. Right. And you know, I'll talk about uh, when you're ready each of the uh, you know specific hormones and what they may do for you. But the lack of them is is evident in in people. But we're so used to feeling bad these days. We just write it off and we're like, eh, I'm getting older. Like exactly like, how like I Mickey felt, said. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, I don't want to call him out. He did actually have the lowest testosterone of any of my patients. And, and, and there may be reasons for it, but it's irrelevant. If you're missing it, you put it back in. And that is a game changer in your energy, strength, libido, endurance, cardiovascular oh. protection, your muscle mass, oh. visceral fat in your body you know, which is the fat you don't see, the one that can go around your livers, that's what triggers diabetes. And yeah. when you push more into the muscle mass that it gives you without even working out, you know, that was, you know, why this particular yeah. patient flipped from being a diabetic not to, he had just gained his weight over at a certain point, which tipped him towards diabetes. And as he lost his visceral fat, started eating right and got his muscle back, it was a very short process for him to become a non-diabetic at that point. So, you know, there, there's all of these, these, you know, there's, you know, even just for the skin, there's just so many benefits testosterone in particular has in its body. And I know we're going to talk about some other hormones too, like estrogen, but there's so many benefits to that. And think of women, they hardly have any to begin with. So yeah. it's even more of a game changer for them. Or maybe, uh, maybe it's equal. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know. No, my life is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's definitely so, a game changer. Yeah. And it's funny that you, you, you just mentioned men and women. So I want to ask you about side effects because I have one that was a little unexpected, not unwelcomed per se, but a little shocking at first. So with with my therapy after the second round, I noticed that my clit has actually gotten bigger. And I at first I was a little taken aback. I mean, now it's like our favorite new toy and everything. But what other side effects could like potentially men and women expect? I mean, you just named a bunch of good ones, right? Because yeah. side effects can be sure. good, right? Yeah, this is a good time for us to include a woohoo sound effect, an applause sound effect, <laughs> a we love Mallory's clit sound effect. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker's awesome. So there's a fine line in that. So the, the, the clitoris is very similar to the penis. In fact, if you took a lot, a lot of testosterone, it would start to look like one. 
So you're going to get increased sensitivity from that. And then there's a fine line and it's, and it's really uh, the patient's decision of where that is, where they're, hey, it got a little too large where I don't like the way it looks anymore, or there's a sensitivity and it may just be the, uh, the smallest change of dose, you know, to keep you happy. That is one of the side effects of it. Um, you know, because it's testosterone, there can be, some, if you're prone to facial hair, you might get a little bit more with it. So if you're the type of person that plucks once a, once a month, it might be twice a month. There are some things you can do to block that, but then you're going back into the synthetic world to for the visual there. Yeah, um, I just get waxed more often. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and so th that's that's like a minor thing. For men, the testicles will generally shrink. That's very common in here because your body's shutting off its own mechanism of what making a li what little testosterone it was making. So, you know, I refer to that as a decoration, so you shouldn't be like too like, oh, my gosh, they shrunk yeah. a little bit. You know, it is what it is in there. <laughs> Um, if somebody's postmenopausal and you're giving testosterone, there's always a chance they might have a menstrual cycle again, but it's usually oh, that's a mild interesting. one. Okay. You know, that's a little bit more when you're adding estrogen into the picture because estrogen is what makes your uterus prepare so uh, for pregnancy and, mm -hmm. or that's what sheds every month. So, you know, that can happen again. I've seen that happen, but that is really a balance of estrogen and progesterone. Um, you know, I, I, maybe this is a good point to talk about it. I hear of so many people getting fibroids and hysterectomies. And, and you know, if you're the type of person who had gallbladders or heavy menstrual cycles or PMS all the time, it's usually progesterone deficiency. And so when you give estrogen, you wanna make sure the progesterone's balanced with it. But every doctor is like, you know, they go and they're like, oh, he's gonna cut out my uterus. And I'm like, wait, give it like a few months, try some progesterone first, see if we can calm it down. Now, if your fibroid's too big, maybe it is what it is. But at the end of the day, this whole imbalance that goes on for a whole life cycle, is just an estrogen dominance, which by the way, if you're the type of person who gets a little bit of facial hair, that's because your estrogen is not really balanced with your progesterone. So the balancing of hormones is very important in here and not for nothing. And this is one of those disclaimer things, but you know, I have the, I have, you know, studies that back, you know, there's two tests, there are two breast cancer protectors for female and it's testosterone and progesterone. Oh, I'm set. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, the other thing I, you know, you asked about like physical side effects, but one of the personal side effects I've seen from you is me yeah your sex drive is going fucking crazy <laughs> yeah. like holy and like shit. even in my sleep i'm like trying grinding on leg. my leg i mean she's just like meow all the time and i mean you were a horny person when we I met was. i mean you you had a, a i was preternatural horny i did but i i actually i slowly tapered off over time and it, it wasn't as prevalent to me because it happened in such a slow fashion and then you know of course like your jobs are demanding and like we're so busy and all these other things come into play you just you play it off to life right and you d never give it a second of thought and i would have never imagined that starting the therapy i would feel as good as i am today because i thought i was fine you know i i really didn't have any complaints other than we weren't having sex as much as we used to and but people I just write, people it up write that off and that's actually the first yeah. thing that females feel they'll feel that in a week and then you know uh, and that's why i always recommend that the uh, men get theirs a week or two ahead of the female <laughs> well, the other thing I've seen is we have both become more physically active. Like we just aren't, we're not comfortable sitting around doing nothing. It's no, something I, that I'm working out something. five days a week yeah. and nothing crazy. Like I'm not a big, like lifting weights or like exercise person, but I need that outlet, that, that movement in my day just to feel good. And sometimes it's just walking on the treadmill for 20, 30 minutes. Like I just need something. Right. It's, and it's that crazy. hormone therapy has amplified the effects of that as well. The positive effects of, of oh, it's physical a, activity. It's your muscle mass builder. It's how, you know, when everyone goes through, you know, puberty, that's, yeah. you know, the prevalent. It's, it's how you build muscle mass. Uh, it's, you know, really important one.
Sure. Well, since we're talking about BHRT or bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which is the type of therapy that we're talking about here today, let's talk about this. How is it administered and why is it better than patches or injections or creams? Because a lot of the guys I know that are on testosterone therapy, and I actually don't know any women other than Mallory that have told me they're on therapy for it. Uh, and of course, maybe there's lots of other reasons they would be, right? Postmenopausal, that sort of thing. But when we talk about guys that are on it, almost everybody is getting an injection in their ass or getting a cream or something like that. What's the difference in how this is administered and is it better or is it just different? It's, it's, it's different and the negatives happen with the synthetics um, more commonly. So if you look at testosterone and someone's giving a shot, they're spiking up their level to a number that could be as high as 2,500 or more. Holy shit. Then it, and then that's, it, ab- that's, that's too abnormal. High. Okay. That's, you know, basically you're going to stay in the thousand to 1500. Okay. Um, we'll convert some of the, a certain amount to free testosterone. As we get older, we convert less. So the free testosterone is what I'm really looking at. But since we're, most people know about the total testosterone. So generally I'll put guys in between a thousand and 1500 milligrams. And what happens is, is they give themselves a shot. There's no lab drawn. So we don't even know where it goes to, but they'll feel amazing for two days. And then they'll feel okay for two days. And then it's going to be out of their system two days later. And then they're feeling really crappy until they give themselves the next shot. The problem is, is that the stacking effect could also occur. So if let's just say they went to 2,500 and only fell to 1,000 and then gave themselves a shot, they might go to 3,500 next time. And you keep getting the stacking effect. And all of a sudden you have these guys at such a high number, you increase the chance for the fact that it's synthetic and more clots or heart disease or the bodybuilders are doing these because their testosterone is so high you're building muscle kind of everywhere. There's just a lot of negative side effects that occur to it. I can't imagine they have a great attitude either. Uh, this is roid rage. This is roid rage. <laughs> yeah. This is really the definition of roid rage. It's why it occurs. Now, obviously, also some bodybuilders are using horse steroids. Back to the horses again. But Jesus. You know. What is it with um, people and horses? I, I have no idea. Maybe uh, the guys think they'll grow as big as well. I see what you did there. And, yeah. <laughs> You just talked about the injection. So he said patches and right, creams, right. and those are also synthetic, right? So yeah. So one of, you can you can get bioidentical, but oh, just to okay. stay on the subject of of these of the synthetics, you know, when you get the prescription from your physician, they're actually generally telling you to put it on like the inside of your arms or inside of your thighs or other things, and your absorption can be different, your sweat can be different, and once again, you're back to the synthetic that your body's not recognizing. So I, I don't find them to be as efficient, and there are studies that show they have you know more side effects. When you deal with um, progesterone, which is an oral capsule, in when it was it was called Provera, and that was causing breast cancer in people, back to the synthetics, which the bioidenticals don't don't cause. So when you're when you're dealing with synthetics, the absorptions can be different, but you're dealing with something that your body is having to deal with the fact that it doesn't look exactly the same as what your own body made. When you're dealing with bioidenticals, your body knows how to use it, and there's three ways to get that in you. The first way, which is the most common way that we do, is pellets where you stick in pellets are the size of a grain of rice and depending on your weight, how many you get. And that absorbs into your body over a five to six month period for men and about a uh, 10 to 12 weeks for females. And that gets you to a certain level and you stay in that level. And as it fades off over time, uh, you're, you know, the, the effects are still there because all this protective stuff is happening at the doses that we give, but some of the stuff you feel will diminish towards the end of that. And that's when you do it again. And you're not getting this spike up to here and this inconsistency. You have it, you don't have it, you have it, you don't have it. And when that happens, you're not getting all the protective benefits of what bioidenticals can do for you. As far as creams are concerned, when we use bioidentical creams, they're actually intravaginal or for the males it would be on the testicles and behind. So that's where the receptors are. So you're putting it right where you want the cream to work. So they work better 
and your body's also recognizing it right away. There's no conversion thing having to go through the whole body to recognize. Now you can use sublinguals, but that's really the band-aid approach because that might make you go up and down a little bit. But the reason I mention that is because if you're getting towards the end of therapy, it may be a little early. Your number may be too high to get your therapy. So we'll give you like a little boost to last you over until it's time for the way that we normally do it. So maybe it's my insurance yeah. plan, but you've never offered to rub cream on my balls in your office because, I mean, how do I, how, do I make, how do I get on that plan? Come on, yeah. Doc. Uh, yeah, insurance won't pay that kind of uh, fee that I would charge. <laughs> I'm sure that would be denied. But I feel like you've asked me to do that. so I, I guarantee uh, he has. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks for still seeing me. Yeah. Hire harder nurses, please. So, you know, the insurance doesn't cover this because it's it's natural medicine and they don't have the $3 billion study and all the pharmacy backing to get these things approved. And there's really no reason that it shouldn't be covered by insurance. If you just look at that one case of somebody whose diabetes went away, and I'm not making the claim that it does that for everybody, but just think if you get people's health back to the, now, now do insurance companies benefit if you're healthy all the time? Well, maybe you might not need your insurance policy and you might drop them, right? So, you know, if people were healthy all the time, maybe you don't need insurance, you know, does big pharma want you to be healthy all the time? No. In fact, they give you medicines that lead you to get more and more medicines. If you take antidepressants, we were back to the vitamins. If you don't have vitamins, like the B vitamins, you don't make your neurotransmitters. And guess what? You take antidepressants. And then you take antidepressants, which block the B vitamin pathway, so you never get off of them. It's ludicrous what happens in the, in the pharmaceutical world. I, uh, I will have Mickey post at the bottom of this thing, this vitamin um, a nutrient deficient blocker, and how many medicines you take, whether it's reflux medicine. You know the number one thing that blocks the most vitamin pathways? Hmm. What? Birth control. No shit. Oh, I believe that. Birth control blocks so, uh, the more than any other thing. And then females are like, I'm fatigued all the time. I'm tired all the time. Well, you have no vitamins. Yeah. So you either have to take vitamins it's, with it or, you know, figure out. But but that's the number hilarious. one of all the things. Hilarious. And so females are tired all the time. And it well, makes sense. Well, tired felt like crap. I was 24, 25 when I got off oral contraceptives just because I couldn't, I couldn't mentally or physically handle it anymore. I was a single mom. I had to work three jobs. And I didn't have time to F around. And I was like, if I have to abstain from sex the rest of my life, so be it. I just can't feel this crappy anymore. They make so, you feel terrible. Oh, it's awful. So, I mean, I think maybe this is a good segue to discuss this. I mean, we're we're not exactly talking about um, uh, postmenopausal hormone replacement, but you know, are we? I mean, we're kind of going down that path you just mentioned. You know, females birth control. Um, are there any differences in the treatment regimen at that point? Like uh, any any yes, dangers? There, there are for females, but I, I do want to say that. If you're not feeling right, this should be part of everybody's workup. I've had 22-year-olds with 200 testosterones, which is like how did they go through puberty kind of thing, or right. how are they ever going to have kids? I mean, don't look at it. You know, there's a lot of things that can block hormone pathways like soy and alcohol and other things that can do it. Sure. But at the end of the day, you should just check your levels if you're not feeling good because I think that's part of being a thorough physician. Um, the, the, what happens in – so anytime in your life that you're deficient, you can either replace, which for men is like under 300 – or you can symptomatically treat. It just depends on what your levels are. When females get menopausal, they're not making estrogen anymore. And estrogen is very important. It's part of Alzheimer's prevention. It's part of the vessels. You can get dryness and painful sex and all that stuff. When you go through menopause and you haven't had estrogen for, for anywhere between three to five years, these things will happen. But why wait to reverse that? So if you're missing estrogen, females would get estrogen af after menopause. That would be one difference. And I want to do mention about estrogen. It's probably the only one that, whether bioidentical or synthetic, can cause problems. You always make sure someone doesn't have breast cancer before you give estrogen, whether synthetic or bioidentical, because if you have an estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, you're going to make that grow. 
Right. But you don't really have to worry too much on the other things. This is why we do, and part of screening is we do PSAs in men, although testosterone may treat, there's a big study out there for the treatment of prostate cancer with testosterone. But more interestingly is when do men get prostate cancer? When, they get when old. they're older and when's their testosterone the lowest? Drops. When they're old. How come 18 year olds don't get it if testosterone did it? If I'm giving you the same testosterone that your body's making, why would you think there was a problem? You, you really wouldn't. All of the, a, lot of, a lot of the negative things that happen from hormone replacement happens because it's synthetics. And those are the ones you're going to hear about, why they pull them off the market or nobody writes them anymore or right. all these clots and everything. Synthetic, synthetic, synthetic. You hear less to none of that on the bioidentical side of it. Interesting. Now, I am not peri or postmenopausals or anything I should know. Like, is, like, will this cause early onset of menopause? No. Not, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm just giving you more of what your body's already making or stopped yeah. making if you were menopausal. Yeah. So, I wonder if it'll postpone it a little bit. No, it doesn't do no. that. Your body has, you know, like this this egg timer, so to speak. Haha, <laughs> 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 ha, see uh, what you did there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, when, you know, we don't replace the estrogen until you stop making it. And, but that's the importance of doing labs. I mean, you have to listen to your patients, see what their symptoms are. And the labs are reference ranges for us in this field. They're not the be-all, end-all. You know, there's a there's some people need a little bit more or a little bit less, and I'm, you adjust based upon what the patient tells you. To me, their reference ranges. You know, when you look at labs, you know, the the laboratory will take a study of let's say a bunch of forty to sixty year olds, and and then they'll check their levels and say, well, most people land here. That's that's normal for your age. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Why, why would you not want to have the benefit of having a higher testosterone when you know all of the benefits of that just because all the other people who are aging are down there? We call that the, we call that the optimal range right. in, in, in functional medicine, not, 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 the, not the, uh, the normal range. Maybe it's normal for your age, but you know, who wants to be old and dying or aging? <laughs> Because everyone else is. I see no one's hands raised you know? right well, yeah, now. Well, just use, I mean, the social media analogy. Most people are stupid. Do you want to be stupid too? Because most people are? No. No. Wow. No. I'm sorry. Social you media know, is the dumbest among us. I'm done with social media. But You know, females, when they take... I'm talking about Facebook. Okay. <laughs> you know, when, when females take hormone therapy, they will call you when it's gone. Sometimes you have to chase a men down because we're used to feeling a little worse. But the females will say, I think it's gone. I need to, I need to come in. It's that big of a change from the way they were to the way the way they can be, um, and I, and I also want to say because another disclaimer, you know, I, my my personal success rate, but maybe in general, is ninety five percent. You know, this doesn't always work for some people. The form of it may not be taken well. This isn't the be all for any. This does not erase bad diet. This doesn't erase stress. This doesn't erase poor sleep. There are things that this does not do, and maybe it helps you get through some of those things. But at the end of the day, I don't want to say like this is the this changes your whole life and your life's going to be better once you take it. I mean, I think you're going to be better protected from the things you don't see and feel. I'm protecting the insides. Ultimately, that's why I got into it. That's the prevention part of this. Everybody can come in for whatever reason they want to. They get all the benefits as is, but you know, most people will come for like libido or sex drive or muscle mass or, or these sorts of things or fatigue. That's generally why they come in and I don't care why they come in. I'm going to treat their, their, their symptoms because I know I can make those better, but I'm doing it to prevent you from getting strokes and heart attacks and all the other things that I believe hormone replacement brings to the table. Yeah. And also sounds like we need to do our job too. Like I no. quit smoking. Yes. I know. <laughs> Mallory did quit smoking. I'm very excited it's, about yeah. that. It's so important. But yeah, so you can't save us from ourselves. 
but you can make it last longer, right? So, I mean, if, if people with bad habits with good hormonal wellness are going to live longer than somebody with bad habits and bad hormonal wellness. I don't want to say it that way because you don't know how bad their bad habits are. I just okay. want to tell you, you can improve the quality of life and have some prevention in there. So maybe, but you know, if you're, you know, all you do is eat fried food every day, not exercise. And uh, you know, you're, you know, 400 pounds and you're stressed and you never sleep. I mean, playing video games. All, I mean, you might not live as long just because you have some hormones in there. Yeah. You might feel tougher when you're in the game, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Fortnite or whatever. Talk more shit these while you're in the play, game. You know? Right. So we had Dr. Eisenbrown on, and we talked about some pretty aggressive treatments. Uh, I think a needle in your penis is always aggressive. But borderline miraculous treatments in terms of improving erectile health in men. What we're talking about is the P shot, the O shot, gains wave, uh, things along those lines. So do you think that getting your hormones in line comes before getting those aggressive treatments or after? And should they be used together? Do you think that these are conjunctive treatments to improve things like erectile health or sexual health in women? Yeah, it's a great question. First of all, the erectile dysfunction thing has, is so many features to it. No matter what the answer to your question is, hormones need to be evaluated and need to be replaced. That, that's, that's for sure. It maybe only helps erectile dysfunction in 35% of men. A lot of people think like, oh my gosh, my libido's up. So, you know, my junk, so to speak, is going to be there as well. And it may help, but it, there are so many factors with erectile dysfunction. I'm actually in a moment going to read off a list because, you know, you have a lot of listeners and it may strike a chord with one of them, all of those factors that can cause erectile dysfunction. So yes, it may help with that, but that's not the 100% answer to it, maybe 35 to 40% will get improvement with it. And that being the sole cause, they don't even know exactly how the testosterone works in the vasodilation that happens to create erections. So it's an interesting, you know, side note to there. As far as the more aggressive treatments, I, I'm a little bit more conservative, um, depending on what the root causes, gains wave would be good for somebody with a cholesterol problem. Um, the shot um, may, may be well for someone who's tried some other things. I tend to lean a little bit more towards doing um, maybe medical um, therapy like the Viagra, the Cialis, which by the way, when you get over 40, you stop creating nitric oxide as much. And that's actually what causes the erections. And so even supplementing with nitric oxide may be part of the answer to your problem. It's good for blood pressure and it's good for flow. So there's even supplements that you can consider. So I'm, I tend to be more on the conservative side. So less is more back to the replace what's missing sort of uh, approach. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not anti-pharmaceutical because I think sex is an important part. I mean, it's one of your core desires in life, you know, it's, you know, food, shelter, water, sex sort of thing. So, low. so yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I would, I would say that it may be helpful for a certain population, but it won't be all of them. So since we're talking about boners and erections here, does, does having the hormones make sex better for men? Because from my perspective, the sex has gotten really great for me, um, especially with the way I'm balancing or volleying between the different types of orgasms I'm having. So I'm interested to see, does that have an effect on men? So it, it may have an effect on men. Maybe the orgasms are, are longer or feel better, but it's, it, it can certainly be way more pronounced in, in females. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was a Joe Rogan podcast. I'll give him credit there. He's interviewing this evolutionary biologist from Harvard named Carol Hoon. And she talked about, the, about using hormones in people going on, undergoing transgender Operation. So people have known what it feels like to be a female and have a certain amount of hormones and then have the male hormones and vice versa. 
It's interesting because the obviously the aggression factor there, but but even in the ob- objectification of women, that females, you know, uh, started looking when they had the male hormones at the same way a guy might look at a girl, like you know, sort of getting more aroused or feeling more aggressive, you know, sexually uh, about the female, which some females don't understand the way men think, but I can tell you, men don't understand the way women think. I will tell you, the most mundane thought sometimes will will turn in very dirty in my head. Like it, it's it's crazy. I. Something I didn't anticipate. I see that as a positive side effect because I like that I'm Me thinking too. about sex more. But it, it All is the times. it is funny. So I'm just I'm curious if it like has the same effect on guys because you, you were talking about. Well, I've definitely know, seen a difference. Yeah, and <laughs> and the orgasms may change too. Sorry to interrupt. They're harder to get, honestly. For I, you, they are. Yeah, yeah I've struggled. And for me, my clit, clit from from my clit, yes, they can be harder to get. But I can still have multiple. But I'm having more vaginal orgasms. Oh, that's yeah. a very interesting that you yeah. say that because I was actually going to ask you the question, not being a female and there not being a lot of studies on this. Um, I would have I would have suspected the other way around because the clit gets more sensitive and I would have expected those two different types of orgasms to lean more towards clitoral post. That's interesting. Yeah. And maybe it's me and the way I'm built or where my mind is. It was always harder for me to get off uh, vaginally than it was for my clit because I could always control that. It was on the outside. Right. The manipulation, the pressure, the the position was different. Vaginally, there's really, you know, only so many angles you can go at from and, you know, essentially one spot to really hit. And now it's it's I can get with both of them or just independently vaginally and I can get that one more than I can clitorally, which is is crazy to me. And I'm I'm loving every second of it. Um, But yeah, so I was just wondering if what kind of those imbalances, how positively they could affect men, because I'm having a great time over here and I don't have a penis. So I don't know if you. Mickey, you were saying that what it's harder for you to get an orgasm, but when you get it, what does it feel like? Oh, it's like thunder and lightning at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, it's intense, debilitating. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good. they're they're stronger and more powerful. You know, there there's when you go back to the erectile dysfunction question. You know, there's so many things with stress and blood pressure and medications and. You know, maybe it's better if we just stick the list at the end of, of the podcast because it's a lot. But I feel like if, if you're having a problem from an erectile standpoint, obviously you're, you should have already checked your hormones. If you replace your hormones and you, you're still having a problem, look to these other things because, you know, maybe it's too much alcohol. Maybe you're on a blood pressure medicine. You know, there's just so many reasons you can have it that may be a quick fix or an adjustment or a treat so that it, you don't have to end up taking a medication or even going further and getting a shot in your penis as a... Uh, I witnessed Mickey get, which was actually, you know, being a physician, you'd think I wouldn't get another cringe from anything, but not queasy, but like cringe, like, oh my God. Yeah, you did leave the room. It was was a gigantic needle in my dick. (laughs) That was impressive. It was not just the needle, the amount of fluid that had to be in in the thing was impressive. Now, you know. Well, I, I mean, won't get too personal, and it's my small penis. That's that was the yeah, issue. See, that was, I, I don't want to go there and tell everybody because then all, oh, all, all the women may a, chase you down after this. Uh, podcast, they already do. So. Between oh, the between his there, hair and his dick, he, I'm just beating him off with sticks at this point. Saying, "Get in line, single file, ladies, single file." Yeah, you know. So we talked a little bit earlier about you know the fact that you don't cover insur- or, or rather insurance doesn't cover this procedure. Uh, at least the way that you do it. Now, when folks go to their regular doctor and they are diagnosed with a hormone imbalance or or not having the proper amount of a hormone, it is oftentimes covered, but it's covered with a synthetic. Is it worth it 
to to go synthetic or should they cough up the cash and do bioidentical? I mean, do you feel that right. strongly what, about bioidenticals that if they can afford it, they should go bioidentical? And I know that is a that's a fairly directed question uh, that's asking your opinion on this. So you know, we won't obviously hold you to yeah, you know, doing it one way or another. But there, I think there's a big difference here, and I think that bioidenticals actually have a, a place and a case. Right. So what do you think? So if we separate them, progesterone, there's no way I would take synthetic. The estrogen, okay. there's no reason not to get a cream. I don't think the prices are that great where you shouldn't get an estrogen cream if that's what you were using uh, in that regard. All right. Um, I am anti-synthetic testosterone, and I don't know if I would ever justify it. And just to put it in terms of cost associated with this, you're talking for testosterone maybe 100 maybe a little bit more a month. So this is not like it's thousands of dollars um, to, to, to have this therapy. And I would tell you to skip a fancy dinner out one night and get bioidentical before I would ever put a synthetic in my body that I didn't need to. I am you know, fairly opposed to it. Um, you know, I, I would tell you if you're going to your regular doctor and they're willing to write you a script, they're just not knowledgeable enough to tell you the difference between the two. So they just write the script and maybe you save a little money People's co-pays are different, so I don't even know what it goes. So maybe you spend $100 a month on hormone replacement. It's your whole life. I mean, there's nothing more important. I'd get a second job before I put synthetics in my body. I, 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 hate, to, I hate to bash it because, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's like kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't have testosterone, that's a problem too. Maybe you won't get some of the side effects. And I hate to be in that position when I know it's so easy to do the other side of the coin. Which sure. Stay with and the... And you know what? You do this for a living. You're allowed to have a little bias in there, right? Because you see it and and you believe in it. And even if I you've didn't, done your research. I'm just anti-synthetic anything sure. to the most that you can be. Like yeah. I told you before, there are some things for for that people have diseases and you need to take them. Yeah. But if you if you have a choice, it's never going to be the oh. synthetic. As far as I'm, I'm right there with you. If I only have processed cheese food, I will skip the cheese. Yeah. I don't need. I that's don't need to fake stuff. That's, that's, o- that's just oil that looks like cheese, right? Yeah. <laughs> and why is that my favorite cheese? Back off. <laughs> you know, backing they, off my vote. They know exactly how to hit your taste buds. There's a, <laughs> yeah, they do. If you want to talk about spending money on science, well, Woo! you just describe the processed food industry. I mean, they can make things that taste like chicken and it has nothing to do with the chicken, right? I mean, it's just incredible what Freaky. they can do. And, you know, they add a sprinkle of gluten and some MSG in it and you'll, you'll love that food forever. Yeah. All right. So, in your opinion, yeah, I mean, we talked about the bioidenticals not being FDA approved. You know, what's your opinion as to why? Why Why might they not be? Well, the FDA will approve bioidenticals, not for the insurance reason, but the labs that they come from, which I order from, which are 1% of the labs that are 503B labs, are FDA approved facilities. So they can sort of approve them that way. Um, but, you know, who owns the FDA and the CDC and everything else, you know? Yeah, they're owned by somebody. Yeah, they're yeah. all owned by Big Pharma. China. And, you know, it's hard to, <laughs> now that, now everyone who called us conspiracy theorists now knows that actually we were preaching the truth. It's just everybody's far behind, unfortunately. So, um, okay. you know, I, I don't tout them. There are some important things that, that the FDA does do, but it's never in the benefit of anything in, in the health world, things like supplements. Yeah. vitamins yeah i always thought yeah. the food and drug administration was a funny organization like why are they both together yeah you know they're actually <laughs> they're actually more of like a an advertising blocker agency basically they say what you can make claims on and what you can't put in print rather than having all the testing done through them so yeah. it's a, it's mostly a bunch of lawyers right uh, 
I'm look, thinking, I'm just guessing. I look, know if nothing you, if about you the If you look FDA. at the cycle of who runs the FDA, the CDC, and the big pharma, you're going to see like the same names going across the little loop there. I'll let you Google that on your oh, own. Oh, like but my high school superlatives. Got it. High, <laughs> I'm not going to go into the highest paid person in government right now, Fauci. But, you know, <laughs> oh, that guy. You save that for, okay. a, for a different show. That son of a bitch. But, we know anyway. All right, so sorry if I pissed a bunch of people off at the that's closing okay. we'll moments of your, your podcast. We'll send, like, wait, he hates We Fauci. said in the beginning we were going to piss somebody off. <laughs> oh this yeah, episode, and we'll send all. So. We'll show you all Fauci. the hate mail. <laughs> that was the whole point. He was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Right, we're going to get an Apple review that's oh, I love Fauci and you son of a bitch. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, but no, it's going to bounce right off my shoulders. I'm just going to put it out there for you in case somebody doesn't want to waste their time typing. <laughs> yeah, don't bother insulting Dr. Send Phillips. He doesn't all care. All negative comments to PO Box. Yeah. <laughs> it all go to Mickey at casualswinger.com. All right, so let's summarize this thing a little bit. Uh, it just in, and we're going to do this quickly, but the benefits of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, the downsides of bioidentical hormone therapy. Also, how does this affect the sex? Because this is a swinger podcast. So does it make your sex life better? And where can they find a doctor that specializes near them in bioidentical if they want to? Okay, so I'll unpack all of that. Um, hey man, I ask long questions. That's what yeah. I do. So the benefits, it's, there are really too many to list in this. I think that's one of the things that we'll put at the end of the podcast about what it can do for your, the things you see and feel are the things you, the reasons you came in and you're going to know if they work right away, because if you, you didn't have any drive or energy or muscle mass or fatigue, you can start seeing all of those things at the onset of treatment relatively quickly. Three days to three weeks is really when it, when you'll feel it. It's not the type of thing that takes months and months to build up. And then the negatives, you know, I spend, I don't spend a lot of time talking about the negatives because they're, they're things that you can deal with and they're not scary negatives and everything that would, that would be scary would be rare and usually would happen from a synthetic, not the bioidentical, but once, but I'll put that also in the, the slide part. Yeah. How does it affect the sex? Well, well, here's the thing, you know, you've already experienced that, that it improved it. And I, I will tell you if you're any sex is better than no sex. And if you have no libido and you're not having sex, you're already ahead of the game now that the fact that you're in the mood and now you're having sex. So you can look at it just from that standpoint. But the response is going to be different for everybody. Like I said, I'm doing this to protect what you can't see or feel. All of the other stuff is really patient-dependent and can be adjusted by doses. But I would want everybody to feel that in particular amongst all of the other things that one would want to take hormones for. I always try to achieve that. And that's just a little bit of touch-ups of dosing. So I don't want to say, oh, it's going to be the best sex you've ever had if you had it. It, it, it is a, a lot for some. But back to, you know, sorry to be boring and repeat myself, but you know, if you're not in the mood to have sex, you're not having sex, you're missing out on one of the enjoyments of life. And if you're in the mood and you do it, I don't even care if you're alone, it's still better than not doing that at all. Amen. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're trying to find someone that does it, just look up bioidentical hormone replacement Sometimes you'll see the initials BHRT and just look up what's local to you. There will be somebody advertising. It's, it's pretty popular. This is not a new therapy. It's been around for at least 40 years. And so this, you're not, hey, I'm in the newest, latest grade. This is well-studied, well-practiced, and there's plenty of practitioners out there. If you're interested some, uh, just in doing a consult with me, even if you can't come to town and provide, uh, I can provide the therapy for you. Uh, I can do an online consult. I, they generally take an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, so there's no like quick thing. I need to see a whole history. We can order labs. I wouldn't be able to treat over the phone if you're not in South Carolina or Florida, but 
at least you got a really, I know I do give a good consult. So if you're interested, um, Nikki or Mallory will post a link at the bottom of this. Sure. And that's probably a good way to get started, right? If they don't know a doctor normally, maybe they can just find out by doing it online with you, doing a Zoom session or something like that, and at least finding out where they're at. They may not be able to get their therapy necessarily, but they'll have their labs out of the way. Uh, and they can kind of go from there. Yeah, I'll give them the advice and, and tell them what they need to do. I'll recommend a dose for them. Uh, but then obviously, if, if it's pellets that they choose, they would they would have to uh, go to a local provider. Sure. Unless they want to come to Orlando, you know, see the house of mouse and then come see you. Well, yeah, right. one day I'll go to hedonism. My wife's never going <laughs> to let me go, but I, I say that and I'll bring a whole bunch of pellets I, with me and we'll make it a whole party. There you go. I think you two would have an amazing time. We'll work on her. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just poke her a little bit and be like, come on, it's going to be a good time. Just she's take your pants be off. like, hey, they're grooming me. <laughs> so she says all the time, and I'm like, no, honey, relax. Yeah, because yeah, you look at us and you go, absolutely you know? predatory. Right, 100%. yeah, that's us. Mickey and Mallory, the notorious <laughs> No, you guys, you guys aren't like that and she knows that. Just, she'll still make the joke. I know, she's so sweet. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Dr. Phillips, you have made a gigantic impact in our lives. We'll say it here publicly. Thank you very much for doing what you do and doing it the way you do it. Uh, explaining this to our listeners and helping them normalize this a little bit, because I think there's a lot of guys out there and, and obviously women too, because I've never heard one talk about it. And maybe they just don't talk about it to men, but that we just don't talk about this shit. We don't talk to each other about hormonal wellness. And for me to say that my testosterone was in the shitter, that's emasculating myself. Because testosterone's this thing, we're macho, we're big, we whoop ass, you know, and all this stuff. And then you realize <laughs> that, well, my testosterone's in this shitter and I'm all fucked up. So that is hard to say. And you made it easy for me to say by explaining this to me in such a way yeah. that I realized it wasn't my fault. I, didn't, I was it wasn't say, just getting old. I was always fascinated by that reaction to it because I'm like, you have no control over what your body decides to do in that facet. Like, it's not as shit. I get that it field or felt field listening. <laughs> I got something on my mind. Yeah, right that, you got boys in your mind. <laughs> By the way, Mallory's on field, folks. It felt emasculating, but it really shouldn't. And I still didn't get uh, a chance to tell uh, the, the good doctor my joke. Oh, you know what? Well, we should, that's how we should end the show. If yeah. you've hung around all this time for the hormone jokes, <laughs> here they are. Just, Mallory, just the, the stage is yours. The one. What's the difference between an enzyme and a hormone? And not the medical definition. I don't know. <laughs> you can't make an enzyme. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> I got it. Took me, it did. It did take me a second. I thought you were gonna tell the other joke. How do you make a hormone? How's that? He's, you don't pair. Don't pair. <laughs> oh, put sand in her lube. <laughs> Ouch. No. Yeah. On don't that pair. note, what right? the fuck is wrong with you guys? All right, we got to get out of here. This has been long enough. This has been. Hormones with Dr. Phillips. If you want to find out more about this, make sure to come to our website and check it out. We will have some information for him in the show notes at the bottom, or you can get it in the show notes of any of your favorite podcast apps. Again, he is Dr. Phillips. He is the good hormone doctor here in Central Florida. Mallory, you want to tell everybody how to find us in case they don't know at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are uh, Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at casualswinger.com. Shoot us a message, podcast at casualswinger.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find us on the Swinger sites. That is Double Date Nation, SLS Cassidy, and SDC. And folks, that's a wrap on season three of Casual Swinger. We'll be back in not too long with season four. All new music, all new hijinks, and a bunch of cool new shit planned for you. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Casual Swinger. <laughs>